Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the game, game of roses. roses. Welcome to the game of roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. You're joining us on a Friday, which means this will be an installment of This Week in Bachelor Nation. You know I'm, I'm just excited <laughs> to be a part of the nation. Part of the renaissance. Uh, it is feeling like that to me. 
And um, we have some very big guests in our state of the game today, and it's a juicy state of the game. It's a great conversation about um, everything, the state of the nation, where we're at, what is the state of the game? I, I loved it. So we hope that you will too. Before we get to that and before we get to everything, Bachelor Nation news, parasocial plays, screens from the pit, et cetera, et cetera, we must say something up top here. Courtney Robertson has just put out an episode of After Reality that is an interview with none other than the Bachelor villain du jour, Braden Bowers. She interviewed him fresh off the Mentel All that we watched him dominate, and he gives us some insight into what it was like to be a villain when he first knew he was going to be the villain of the season. He also reveals whose glitter is on his body in the Paradise promo. Is it his? Is it someone else's? The lingering question that I have. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking had that question. So uh, please go check that out. I think it's one of the best episodes Courtney has done of After Reality. It's available now wherever you get your podcasts. And Brayden is just fascinating. Her podcasts are getting better and better. And I love just having a Bachelor villain interviewing another Bachelor villain. I agree. It's just like an iconic piece of media. Go check those out. And what you should also be checking out, if you are into Love Island... Check out Grafting with Grace Ann. It is now going to be every Wednesday. She's going to have a breakdown of Love Island. We're doing Love Island UK now. We're going to be doing Love Island USA, which I have just started, which is a fantastic season so far. With uh, Yeah, I won't spoil anything, but yes, check out Grafting with Grace Ann. We have two other pieces of business. One, in honor of Dark Lord Palmer being in the document for the first time, the audience member holding up the sign that said DLP with a picture of our Dark Lord's fiery presence. Something from the North is going to be coming on Monday. And I think you're going to like it. Very mysterious. Any other clues? No clues other than Bachelor clues. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of Bachelor clues, I have one bit of business as well. I'm in search of Bachelorette Season 3 and Season 5. And in service of this, I I might have said this on this very podcast, but I have this little tune that's playing in my head. I'm going to sing it now. Hopefully, it'll get stuck in your head and you'll remember it because I need Season 3 and 5. It goes like this. It's country, by the way. This worked last time, so... Yeah, I I don't have music to this yet. I'm working on that. I may have a full song, but I'm going to give you a little teaser of it. And it goes like this. Ready? I got to get back into my source boy voice. Got to get that twang on it. Ready? (laughs) I need three and five. 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 Come on, give it a whirl. Help me find three and five. Maybe you got them on VHS. Maybe they're on a hard drive. Maybe you got them on DVD. Won't you look and see? I can't find them on Amazon. ABC won't give them to me. I need three and five. 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 That's all I got so far. Thank you. What do you mean this is a rough draft? I think that was <laughs> the final musical element. I think, oh. you know, maybe there could be a guitar added along or a little 
I really like the Southern Clues accent. I think maybe oh, okay. maybe you should do that permanently. It used to be in my drinking days, once I reached a certain level of uh, inebriation, it would just come the fuck out. I couldn't hold it back. Oh, my God. <laughs> the tiger. Yeah, <laughs> He's got to get out of his cage. <laughs> you can take the boy out of the source, but you can't take the source out of the boy. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we have one other piece of business, although it's hard to beat that. <laughs> we had a very... <laughs> I was really trying to not laugh during it because I was like, this is going to be the track. This is it. I feel like it's how Taylor Swift's producers must feel when they're like in the room with her recording. And you're just like, yes, that's it. Probably very similar. Uh, We polled our audience. We discussed a certain rose given out during the men tell all. And this is Captain Tom's rose that he gave to Sean. Mm -hmm. And clues... Went off, I would say, on one of the more conspiracy town, more out there elements and said that this rose was a zero pointer. And I said, it's not a zero pointer. It absolutely is not. And we said, let the pit decide. And we did an Instagram poll Mm -hmm. with 24%. It's a zero pointer, 654 votes. Loses two. It's not a zero pointer. 2,047 votes, 76%. I feel vindicated. Thousands of people on my side. As do I. I am part of the 24%. We are the 24%. And we will hang on to that until the day we die. Thank you very much, 24%. Those 654 votes mean a lot to me. We know we're on the right side of history, and we will be vindicated one day. But for now, I will accept the judgment of the pit. This is not a zero pointer. But again, to the 24%, we know it is. That I did not expect these results to become a threat. (laughs) It feels like they have. (laughs) You're like, I don't know what's going to happen on the 24th of January, but Mm -hmm. I'll be there. Okay, let's move on now into the body of our main show. As we promised, we have a very special state of the game for you. So here it is. Game Game of Roses. Roses. State of the game. Welcome to a very special state of the game. We have Emma Gray in-house with us. We have Lee Blickley in-house with us. Thank you very much for joining us. Always a pleasure. We're so excited to be here. Yes. Thank you for having us. Can't wait to chat it out. Please. The pleasure is ours. Uh, State of the Game is a segment on This Week in Bachelor Nation that we do every week where we kind of just talk about how we're all feeling as uh, the what we call the fourth audience, the people <laughs> watching the show, the people covering the show, and where we believe the nation is. So let's start out by asking you this. What did you think of the men tell all? Amazing. <laughs> the be- to me, the best men tell all ever. Yes. Ever. I, I agree. was so relieved that they weren't just screaming inaudibly over each other for two full hours. Yeah. Like as someone who I feel like has to take notes. Like covering the game, we've all been through so much the we past have. few years. So we're like the way you're describing it is you're just like waiting for something bad to happen. <laughs> Because we have been through so much, but you're right. It, 
I don't think it's just because of that, but I love this episode. I love this season. I love this season. I love charity. I feel like we're finally getting love stories. We're getting drama that feels funny and petty and joyful. And Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I am just sitting there watching a bunch of people get their mental health permanently destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. A different type of game. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the difference this season. You, you put your finger right on it. That's exactly the difference. I personally am less traumatized watching yeah. this season. It's no, more it's joyful. <laughs> yes. And I will also say, uh, in doing that, something that I think they did very well in this Mentel All was market their other products that are about to come out. The mm-hmm. thing that they did with Braden Bowers, who, first of all, is one of the greatest villains we've ever seen, and that's because he's also viable as a player, in my opinion. He got the FIMP, and it seemed like she was actually kind of into him. So we're on board with that ride. Maybe he's a villain, but he's not this moralistic villain that everybody's going to send death threats to. Maybe only exactly. 10% of the audience sent him death yes. threats this time. Well, that's what I mean by like the petty drama. We get yeah. to see little interpersonal squabbles. Maybe you might... And I did take issue with some of the things that he said, some of the ways that he acted this season, but not in a way that's like, I feel disgusting watching this person on my screen. Like, I am on board to see more sides of Brayden we haven't seen. I'm on board to see him grow. And that's kind of the joy about seeing these return players on Paradise. I agree. And I think the way that they marketed him and Paradise. Usually what they give you on Tell All is like a cut down of Paradise. Here's all the crazy shit you're going to see. They didn't give us that at all. They gave us one scene mm-hmm. with Braden and Kat Izzo, and that's all we fucking needed. He's wearing that <laughs> hat. He's covered in glitter. What the fuck is going on here? I'm in. The marketing of that season through Braden Bowers was amazing. Same thing with Gary Turner, I thought. It's uh, like as soon as I saw that clip, I was like, I'm down for I'm always down for Paradise. But Same. that... Because he he's not the villain we expect. He's the villain who, like, his biggest flaw was... We deserve. Yeah, yeah he's the villain we, we tr- we've been waiting for. Yeah, he just didn't... He didn't think he can get engaged at the end of this. That's his most villainous thing. And he thought Charity yeah. was being, uh, you know, fake. She, she was just being the bachelorette. Uh, but other than that... <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's been an accusation we've seen against bachelorettes in the past... Um, but not for a while, I feel like. Chad Johnson was probably the, the last one who Ugh. really played that strongly against JoJo Fletcher, of course. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, speaking of people who traumatized me personally, <laughs> Chad Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, Lizzie. <laughs> no, I... By all means, continue. Uh, No, I was just going to say, Lee, we've had Emma and Claire on a bunch of times through the years. Where are you coming to our beloved game from? Have you been following along since the beginning? What is your your history? Emma and uh, Claire and I work together at HuffPost, where I I used to interview a lot of the Bachelor contestants on – this program called Build Series, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, So I had a lot of FaceTime with them in green rooms and things like that. And then when Claire went on uh, maternity leave the first time, uh, when the podcast was here to make friends, I filled in then. And now I'm back because Claire had another baby. (laughs) Lee Lee went through all of Pilot Pete's season with me. So we were in the trenches and she's been watching for years. (laughs) I'm so happy I'm now... 
Yeah, recapping charity season instead of Pilot Pete's, which was just an absolute disaster. I don't know. I would love a second Popeye season <laughs> if if that could be in the contenders. <laughs> I have such a soft spot for that season. In terms God, of the game, too. it was yeah, it was pretty. In terms good. of the game, yeah. it was uh, I would even say a pivotal season because it was what we describe as the first professional season, season twenty four, because you had Madison Pruitt and mm-hmm. you had uh, Hannah and Sloss coming, who were just like such high level. Are you following Madison Pruitt? By the way, this is a little bit of a side <laughs> uh, journey we're going to take now into the nation, to the state of the game. No, but are you the watching that? I check in on her. I, I like to understand where in the like uh bachelor to televangelist pipeline mm. she is and yeah yeah it's good to keep track of yeah i saw she got married i saw a lot of wedding wow. photos did uh, you see who she got married to <laughs> oh okay. yeah just making sure you know she's a billionaire now <laughs> yeah, you mean grant trizzy trout and she can do whatever she wants in her life yes trizzy trout who is there to fund her dreams of being a televangelist, which I think Trout Pruitt Ministries or Pruitt Trout Ministries, however it's going to go down, that's coming very soon. They moved to Waco, which we all know is a, a very important place for cults to begin. I was going to say like mega church religious cult haven. See, I just see it as like the homeland of Chip and Joanna Gaines, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's where David Koresh obviously uh, yeah. had... What was it? Forty-five mm. people burned alive in the yeah, Branch yeah. Davidian well, compound yes. back in the nineties. That too, yeah. Uh, rich history. Their spirits saying. currently haunt Grant Trout and, and Madison Pruitt. <laughs> yeah, we perhaps. hope it doesn't end that way. No, I don't think it will. She's a much better cult leader than than uh, David Koresh was. Yeah, <laughs> they traffic in socially acceptable cults. Yes, yeah, exactly. Friendship bracelets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's get back on track here. My apologies. Anytime <laughs> I have an opportunity to talk about Madison Prude, I will do so. I support you, Chad. Thank you very much. I can't look. I'm just sucked in. I grew up in Dallas. Don't say the that. source and the source, uh, yep. I just am fascinated by by people who use Christianity to build businesses. I think it's like beyond fascinating. And she coming from The Bachelor, having this weird competitive spirit, doing what she did in season 24. Uh, I'm just like very fascinated with her. Nonetheless. Let's get back on track here. Where we're at currently as a fandom, we all agree Bachelorette season 20 is one of the best seasons we've seen maybe since, you guys don't like 24, but I'll say it, since season 24 of Bachelor. Um, all the bubble seasons as we call them. You're talking about Bachelorette 16, essentially up through Bachelorette 19. Claire Crawley, Matt James, Kitty Thurston, Michelle Young, Clayton Eckert, Zach Shawcross. Yeah. Those are all hard to watch. Yeah. Now that you pointed out like that, I guess Pete's season one. Hannah Brown's was the last <laughs> oh, time Hannah, I've yeah, enjoyed yeah. a Bachelorette season so much. I did love it. I liked Gabby Wendy. I did. Uh, I loved Gabby and yeah. Rachel as individuals. I think the season had a lot of flaws. Oh, so many flaws. I also really, <laughs> I enjoyed Michelle Young's season, but it's not yeah. one that sticks with me, right? Like it's one that mm-hmm. I was into and didn't feel gross about at the end of and I was grateful for that. So it crossed our low, low bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the bar is in hell, to be clear. Um, and I will watch anyway. Didn't feel but disgusted by <laughs> at least this season I'm like, there are two love stories that I can really like attach myself to as a fan who is into the narrative part. Yeah. Which one are you more attached to? Well she needs to end up with Dotton and then Joey needs to become mm. the bachelor. 
Yeah. Okay. Mm, yeah. Oh, we've been. You have a future. We've been love predicting story. this the whole season. That's what yeah. I've been predicting for a, yeah. for a, a long wow. time. Who else could be the Bachelor? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think they would think back. Yeah. Let's go on a journey through time to Peter Krause. Oh. Oh, you think they're they're going? I'm gonna keep beating this drum till I die. He will be the Bachelor. No, I don't know. I don't know if that's oh, true. Or not. I thought you were gonna say Tyler Cameron. No, Tyler Cameron's busy with Nick Vial doing military operations. I think Joey <laughs> has enough time to get his heart together after okay. being smashed by charity. Uh because we got a little time and he's then he'll be a great bachelor. All right. Well, I mean, perhaps. We shall see. <laughs> but let me ask you this question. What do you attribute this turn in the franchise to? Was it getting rid of Mike Fleiss? Did that make the difference? Is that now why we can see what I think is a producer class that is now no longer hell-bent on destroying their players, doesn't seem to have the same contempt for their player pools that prior seasons had? Is that the sole reason? They pulled the fucking fly out of the ointment and that's all it took? I think that's too easy. Think of Charity's edit last season, though. Versus her edit this season. She's not different. The pieces we're seeing of her are certainly different. It's the way they're presenting the game is completely different, even from Bachelor season 27. And I don't really know what the reason is. Many of the executive producers who are at the top of the show are still there. I was going to say. Producers under them are not, though. Interesting. That's a good point. It was clickbait. There there wasn't as many like (laughs) producer hijinks this season as I've noticed in the past yeah. i feel like the the one recently was like aaron at going to yes. the resort and he couldn't Agreed. find charity that Who's felt charity? like old bachelor to me you didn't like I that scene? <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise i'm trying to you know of course we had brayden and then what sean's the second villain it didn't seem too villainous this season no. charity's edit was really good i also think charity's just a very good Great. lead yeah she's very compelling she is but zach shawcross probably was too and we'll never see that because they fucking cut it poorly. The presentation of the game suffered in all these prior seasons. I, I think, agree. Personally, because you see it sometimes when they'll put out like the extra clips on Instagram or whatever, like uh, in the Greg Grippo, Katie Thurston season, the drag show that we never got to see. And then it pops up on Instagram and you're like, that's the fucking show. Why isn't this in the show? I think this season they're putting the right things in the show. I think every season they have the footage to make a show this good. For whatever reason, they just didn't do it in the bubble seasons. I think that they, and we've talked about this before, I think they were for years fundamentally misunderstanding what made people compelled by the show. Mm. They had, you know, a couple very highly rated seasons because drama unfolded organically in a way that was really compelling. Hannah... Um, Colton's fence jump of a few, and then they decided that oh, what we need to do is we need to inorganically manufacture moments like this, and so yeah. what ended up happening was just forcing people into they situations. Took the wrong thing from the yeah, fence exactly. Jump. Whereas like what we should take from that is that you give your your cast enough leeway to act in the way that they actually mm. would act what? in this situation. And you have to trust that you're going to find the natural drama in that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we've gotten that 
this season in a way that felt really interesting. Natural drama in that she falls for multiple people, Mm -hmm. which is inherently compelling for us to watch. Like, you don't need to add or anything. You just need to cast people who are good fits for the lead. Exactly. Exactly. And compelling TV. (laughs) Because Brayden has done a lot. He's curious. He has. He has. I also think, like, Xavier has had a really interesting I thought Xavier was going to be the ring winner. (laughs) And I thought Dotton was going to be the yeah. <laughs> next mm-hmm. bachelor. I was like, Dotton is going to get such a bad heartbreak at it. I've been thinking all season. <laughs> well, I, I was like, Dotton would also make an amazing bachelor, but I've just been convinced for a mm-hmm. while that he's ending up with charity. They have like the fairy tale that is like not mm. the manufactured fairy tale. Like it's so genuine and authentic that that's really weird. Yeah, it's really weird for oh. us to see as viewers because it doesn't feel like manipulated in any way it's just like very natural well i mean that really i think is the to me the real triumph of how they presented this season like you're saying and i agree with you 100 percent that the the moment where aaron b comes back aaron bryant and he's searching for charity in the hotel and he's they have a scripted scene between him and the concierge (laughs) yeah where is charity lawson I can't give you that information. Okay, here's your money. No, he didn't even say her last name, which is the best part. It's like going, imagine going up to like a random hotel and she'd be like, yo, where's Chad? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, uh, what? Who are you talking about? Where's Chad? (laughs) They would be looking for a Chad too. You'd be like, oh, sir, you're black. Blackout drunk. (laughs) Other than that moment, it felt like any of the other kind of like, heavy uh, thumb pressing on the scale by producers was kind of okay. Like the moment which has now been revealed by Braden, there was no driver in that car. So clearly the producers set that scene up so they would get in a fight. They trapped him there. He had no means of escape. But that felt okay because we were still getting uh, the result of what felt like organic drama between these guys. And prior seasons... When you had really, you want to talk about like season 24, one of the worst things they did in that season was the um, one-on-one date with fantasy suite dates all in the same bedroom. No. Telling Popeye that, that Hannah Sloss wasn't coming. No. Oh, okay. They did a few things. <laughs> I was going to say the one-on-one date between Chase Victoria Rice. Fuller and yes, Pilot Pete where Chase Rice is there. Got it. And Ugh. that was, uh, you know. Oh yeah. There was a lot of manipulation in Pete's season. Yeah, that I was felt thinking with the, the girls like coming back to the same hotel after their fantasy mm. suites. That was and timing them so obviously fun. in a way that Maddie would be like, "I have a moral imperative to walk out." Like it just none of mm. it felt like real people acting in real ways. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. We don't need that. I don't know. I give a purity ultimatum (laughs) before every overnight date in IRL. Yeah, because you're perfect, Lizzie. Okay, you've (laughs) you've remained. You've you've pledged your body to the Lord, and I commend you for that. I didn't didn't even know this. Jesus Christ! Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, she's. We've been talking about it. Yeah, famously. Yeah. Let me uh, let me shift topics slightly to another huge thing that has happened leading into season twenty, which I do feel like is an important part of the the culture of the nation as a whole. 
We are talking, of course, about Bachelor Happy Hour and Clickbait and the big changes that took place there with Becca Kufrin being unceremoniously just fucking dismissed, kicked out on her ass of not only Happy Hour, but Bachelor Live on stage, which we were scheduled to go to, got canceled for reasons beyond. I mean, we know what they are. They didn't sell any tickets. You mean no one wanted to go? <laughs> yeah, wanted exactly. to we go. were the only people who bought We wanted tickets. to go so it. badly. We, we totally did. But uh they essentially excommunicated her from the franchise. I don't know if they can st- still consider her bachelor royalty or not. I don't know if she would ever come back to the fold if they asked her to like host a group no date way. or something. So what is your take on uh, how she was treated? The fact that Grocery and Serena are now replacing her on Happy Hour and that Clickbait is basically dead. Is it gone forever? They've said nothing about it, but they are producing no new content. I hope clickbait is done forever. I am. It was bad. (laughs) And I am glad that they have pared down the official podcast. I don't think it was necessary. And I think they were not good. Um, Mm. I feel really gross about the way that Becca was treated. And I think that she is someone, there are very few people who were hosting any of their official podcasts who are actually decent at hosting a podcast um, and doing interviews. And I actually thought Becca had grown pretty competent at mm-hmm. the task I at hand. Yeah. And mm. instead you elevate like the one fucking white dude. I And you, you let someone go who's in the middle of a pregnancy. I mean, I was it's going to say she's the pregnant optics too. are gross as it's hell. So bad. Correct. I agree with all of these things, but will it have lasting effect? Does it truly matter who's hosting that podcast? I don't think Grocery is like a good podcast host by any means. Soft spot for him. I, he's the greatest night one player of all time. Uh, bar yeah, none. Definite soft spot for him and his comedy. It's less that I have like a vendetta or anything against Joe and Serena. I have nothing against the two of them. I think the way it was done was gross. But I ultimately mm. think that like the point of that podcast, what they want it to be, is just an extended press release. So they yes. don't mm-hmm, really yeah. need someone who's going to ask any hard questions or push back on any narratives. And I think press release would have been a good title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah honestly, it would have been. been cheekier. I would have <laughs> applauded them for that. Yeah, at least acknowledge what you are. <laughs> but do you think that the um, the winnowing down of the number of the official Bachelor Nation podcast, which started with Brian Abaslow and Mike Johnson's uh, talking it out, ending whatever that would have been about a year and a half ago, I believe now. Um, do you think that that sends some kind of message that like the, the peripheral bachelor nation, the stuff outside the show that is coverage of the show is somehow diminishing contracting. Does it send Mm. a, a bad message just generally? I think people are more interested in like hearing, from others outside of Bachelor Nation. I think that's Mm. like, at least for me, I'm not going to rush to a Bachelor Nation podcast when I can listen to someone like, you know, you guys or us dissect an episode in in a way. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I listen to him, I guess. Uh, Not lately. He's been taking charity down, so I'm not a a big fan of that, but... Yeah, before we started recording, Lee was like, I need my files. Yeah, I need my files. (laughs) I personally only liked, though, like when Rachel Lindsay was the host of that that podcast. I used to listen to it. I remember Alice Fedotowski, too. Oh, that was bad. But she realized real quick she was not meant for that job. I mean, yes, Rachel Lindsay is just a great host of all things and a great podcast host. That was the best era of that. Which is why she has her own 
podcast mm-hmm. now. Right. That's yep. good. <laughs> um, but what what do you think of the? We're about to get a deluge of of official Bachelor Nation content with Golden Bachelor in Paradise coming up. They may be airing concurrently. We don't know. Uh, we might get them on the same know. day. You I know have the no schedule. idea. No, no. I really want to find out the schedule because I'm trying to plan our schedule. <laughs> yeah. Our schedule. I think the schedule is going to be Mondays and Tuesdays are going to be all Bachelor for no. multiple months in a row. You think personally. both nights? You think they're going to air yeah. simultaneously, the two? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh God. I hope not. Oh, I'm no, dear Lord. There. Please don't do that. That it's going to be like Monday nights That's or horrific. three hours of Bachelor in Paradise. No. They did show a trailer for both shows, though. Do you think it's three hours in a row? I think it might happen once or twice, yes. I would not be surprised if they gave mm. Gary, because they said it's going to air at 10. I can't imagine it's 10 to midnight. Yeah. yeah. I would assume 10 to 11. Right. So Gary will only be an hour. And Jesse did say, he said September at the mental. He's- and that seemed wrong. But I guess if you think it's, then maybe it's three hours. And flyout dates for shooting of Bachelor 28 or I believe end of <sighs> September as well. Yeah. So there's going to be crazy stuff going on. You're going to be getting reality Steve spoiling those dates. It's going to be a, a wild end of the year with all of this Bachelor product. What are your thoughts on, on Gary? If I may ask, Gary Turner, the first Golden Bachelor. I'm so excited. I think this is the first truly interesting thing this franchise has done in a long time. I have talked Mm -hmm. to a lot of people who have fallen off Bachelor, Bachelorette, even Paradise, because it just they find it to be a bummer and not not fun anymore. And they're like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for Golden Bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. It feels it feels different. It feels like a story you haven't seen told before. And I also think. I'm glad that if they were going to take two plus years to cast someone, they f- I get it now. Like yeah. you see Gary and you're like, he is lovely. He has a compelling story. He mm-hmm. seems very open. He has this lovely family behind him. And also it seems like he wants to date women who are in the same life stage as him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 65 or older. I mean, if yeah, you don't which- love Gary after that mental all, I wept. I, I, I was crying. He was great. I cried too. He was great. He really is a a reality TV star, I think. And he doesn't know it, which is so great. He doesn't know he, it. Well, he doesn't know it. Okay. You think he knows I, it? I'll disagree with you. 100%. You think- this guy's a stone cold player. <laughs> He's a grand zaddy. Yeah. He knows <laughs> it. This guy's a stone cold player. I'm too much of a softie. I think anybody going in, into a situation like this. 10 dimensional chess. Yeah. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He's coming out of this with SpawnCon deals. I mean, he DM'd them. Like, he's been keeping up with them for a couple of years. He's definitely, like, interested in the situation. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I don't think he's, like, totally naive. To, he clearly put himself up for this role and has been doing his research, as he should. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just a diff- being of a different generation inherently, like, the imperatives are different. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. social peers are not like all on Instagram. Yeah, I can't wait to see what the date types are. They need like a lot of spa dates. 
No adventure dates, no bungee jumping. We're like worried about everyone's knees. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I, I read something where he was talking about he likes pickleball. What if every date is pickleball? What if he's just so fucking into pickleball? He's like, you better be fucking good at pickleball. Oh, I'm going to test you. Let's see your serve. No, there's too many pickleball players all yeah. around me all the time. There's going to be at least one pickleball date. One I'm fine with. Clues was just trying to get me to be a two-person pickleball team with him before this. No. <laughs> we got to do it. I was like, I, I feel like I'm going to pull something. Uh, yeah. Like, that's the thing. I'm like thinking about these 65-year-olds. I'm like, I'm already afraid for my, like, knees and lower back. Yeah. Like, Our elevator was out for two days, and I was going up the stairs, and now I feel like I can't walk. I had yeah. ACL <laughs> yeah. replacement surgery so- on my right knee. I don't give a shit. I'll get up there and fuck. I'll tear my other ACL if it means winning a pickleball tournament. <laughs> okay, Gary. Grandpa clues. Kind of one yeah. up our PTCs. All right. So we're excited about that. We're excited about Braden on Paradise. Um, let me ask you this. Like we were talking about, it feels like we are coming out of a long, dark winter of Bachelor product. The, these past seasons have been difficult to watch, not fun. We are watching these players go be put through horrible emotional psychological traumas in service of what the producers claim is, in quotes, good TV. And it's not, obviously. The ratings have dwindled, but so has all of network TV. Gigantic racism scandals. In every Mm -hmm. season. That's something missing from this season, too, by the way. Your lead and your creator. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I was literally, I. it's so sick that all season I've been like, oh, no, who's going to have, like, Mm -hmm. done something super racist on the internet? I was just, like, waiting for it. Caleb Ballgard seemed to be the the most likely suspect because there was a photo that surfaced of him with a Trump flag behind him. But that never really made much headway. It never stuck, and there there was no escalation of it. That was as close as it came this season. Yeah, that and Sean having a very racist father, but, like, we don't know what that means about him. Wait, what? So. Oh, no. Oh, Sean's father is a politician in upstate New York, and he's... I mean, he's faced like abuse allegations, oh like sexual harassment, and also it's very MAGA. Yeah, not yeah, good. But situation. I mean, you know, I can say the same about my own father, uh, minus the <laughs> the politician <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Other than that, same thing. Well, except did did you appear in campaign photos in support of your father's right wing uh, political <laughs> no. campaign? Sean because did. Sean yeah. did. So that's the only that's All that's right. a red flag for me. But yes, we don't yeah. know. We don't. We don't know. But maybe these guys, like, did they did they clean up their social media platforms before, like, knowing the past of the show? There's a producer, uh, not a producer, I guess this is like a social media expert that helps literally all of the players for any incoming season now scrub everything. They go back and they say, pull this down, pull this down, pull this down. So they're at least aware of it. That said, uh, what I was going to ask was, do you feel like we are out of the the darkness? <laughs> Have we come into a renaissance of our beloved game? Is it too soon too to actually soon know to that? Too soon to tell. You mm. can't just sit okay. on your laurels because you've one good season. Like I, I think we need to see. I'm curious to see how Paradise plays out. I'm curious mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. see. Like we have two more seasons coming up mm-hmm. in quick succession. I think yes. once we have seen three seasons and we're in the post flice era, we can actually get a better read on like what's going on yeah. or whether they just decided to spare charity season from the darkness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with We're that. Waiting on the trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, yes. All right. I do think that you have to complete one cycle before we can make any kind of like judgment about are we in a new era or not. So we'll have mm-hmm. to see another Bachelor play out yeah. at least. But yeah. let me ask you about Paradise specifically. Who are, or in your mind, who are the all-stars of the nation currently? We know we're going to be looking at Braden Bowers to do gigantic things on sand. We have heard rumors that Clayton Eckert is going to be there. We have heard rumors that Rachel really? Reckia is going to be there so mm. that crowns can now appear. Yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure Rachel is confirmed, right? I, I'd heard Rachel is going to be there. I mean, until I see it on my TV screen, I ain't yeah. confirming shit. They could have holed her up in a hotel for the whole time and said... They've definitely <sighs> been more quiet this season about who's... I, yeah. I think we'll cast. see Rachel. I I think uh, Lee and I were talking in our la- in our conversation about Men Tell All. They gave Tanner quite a bit of love yeah. and screen oh, time. Definitely. And so I think that he will be a pretty major player on the sand. Clues... Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. 
I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like clues who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Yeah, Braden, of course. Yeah, obviously they're going to bring Sean back i think to get into to get into it with yeah, Braden. They got to. maybe john will they bring john back he seemed uh i mean we thought he was in contention early on as as bachelor but i don't think that's the case now. i i know i i would love to see him i would love yeah. to see him uh in paradise but i have not heard anything as soon as i saw him in the second row at the mental law i was like oh and now- they're not giving it to john but maybe he'll come later like you know, Cowboy yeah. Caleb or whatever. I feel like he'll show up on the beach. <laughs> Do you feel like we can ever in Paradise get back to a an era that was like Paradise 456 where you had, I mean, Murderer's Row essentially was on Paradise. You had Vial, <laughs> you had Bela Kai, you had Kalen Miller-Keys, Christina Shulman. These are players that like are immortal in the game. I don't feel like the past couple of seasons have produced any lineup like that. What do you mean? Grocery store. Yeah, grocery store is not a good player of Paradise. He's not as entertaining as like a Vial, in my opinion. Did he come out of there twice engaged or or one super serious relationship and then engaged? Yes, and now married to somebody from Paradise. Yes, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's not a successful Paradise player. Uh, and his own sauce yeah, line. turned him into but, the host of Happy and, Hour. And he's obviously that's success to me. Yeah, he's ascended through the 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 chain, but he's not. He doesn't have the same charisma. He doesn't have the same lasting power in my mind, anyway, as some of these superstar players from that that magical four five six era. So, in my opinion, I think it's too early to tell. Maybe Braden Bowers starts to bring some of that heat. But are we seeing players even being like on the level of an Aaron Clancy? I'm sure. Well, I feel like we'll get people who are as good as Aaron Clancy. I think that this might be a a calmer season of Paradise, but I don't necessarily hate that. Okay. No, I agree. I think part of the problem yeah. is that it's not the Instagram era that it was. Paradise right. used to bump people into a million Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. Now... What's the biggest bump you can get? I mean, that's the thing. Like, how how are we defining superstar players? If we're talking about, you know, being rocketed into this stratosphere of, like, social media influencer, I just don't – I just think it's more diffuse now. I don't think The Bachelor has the audience that it used to. I don't think that, you know, people are spread out across TikTok, Instagram. Like, I don't think we're in the same landscape as we had before. So for that reason – no, but I do think we will get players that are 
making interesting moves that are as entertaining, but just perhaps in like a different way. Not in the same social media landscape for Bachelor specifically? Just in general. I mean, there are other games where people are cracking multiple millions of followers. Yeah, I mean, I think that The Bachelor specifically has fallen from like cultural primacy. I think Love is Blind is certainly bigger. And also you have a bigger international audience for any Netflix show. So I just think Mm. it's like not operating quite on the same level anymore. Yeah. Um, and also, I, I think a lot of the Bachelor audience has moved to TikTok. So let me ask you if you then think that this affects the game in any way. If it becomes, I, I mean, this current season in terms of like social media numbers is fucking Toilet City. Never seen anything this bad. You're going to have a Bachelorette that may not break 200K. Will that affect incoming players? Well, let me say this. It is affecting people's desire to go into the show. Yeah. And it is affecting strategy going into the game. I will say I'm that sure. from certain experiences that I've I've had, mm-hmm. certain conversations. Well, that just I've makes had. sense. I think for the last handful of years, the biggest reason for a lot of people to want to go on a show yeah. where you are getting zero compensation mm-hmm. uh, and you are you know that you might be treated terribly and come off terribly is that you can monetize it after. That yeah. mm-hmm. is far from a guarantee. That is like probably not going to happen now. Like maybe your access to certain things will increase, but like it is a lot harder now to guarantee that that bump career wise, social media wise. So yeah, I think that will absolutely change who is going to be applying and why they want to go on the show. I think that's inevitable. I mean, I will say during the past couple of seasons, I, I coach people to infiltrate The Bachelor, and I have certainly had a couple of players where I was just like, you know what? I think you should try for Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. Specifically and only because, not because I don't think they'd be great on The Bachelor, it's because I think their talents will be wasted in the show. And I don't know if that's going to be kind of continuing, if it picks back up steam. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, like the audience has dwindled to some degree, but I just have hope that ultimately, if you're making good TV, whatever it may be, People will come back. The audiences will come back. And if people mm-hmm. can get re-engaged with this in a certain way, I think we can see those old numbers. I, yeah. I don't disagree, but I do think that they have to be open to engaging with new audiences. They have to be open to taking risks. They can't just... Right now, they have been like chasing the mm-hmm. current moment. And I don't think that you can get those numbers if you are constantly 10 steps behind, behind. the current moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'm very curious to see how Golden Bachelor does, what kind of conversation that starts. Like, mm. I, I think I think we'll see. Bachelor moves to streaming on TikTok. Yeah, but is it even smart? How Like, how could they do it, do you think? I, I don't even know. know how, yeah. <laughs> I don't even I, think I, it's that smart to have Paradise, if they do have Paradise, like, ahead of the Golden Bachelor. I don't even think that's a smart decision. Because to me, that's... My mom's not going to watch Bachelor in Paradise, but she's definitely going to watch the Golden Bachelor. But if she turns on her TV at eight and sees that, she's probably going to be like, oh, I guess it's not on tonight. So if they do do that, that's stupid. I agree. I, the final move to me for Bachelor is this. It's it's something akin to what WWE has done. Ultimately, you're going to have to wait for your, your contract with ABC to expire and whatever deal they've made with Hulu, these must expire. This is maybe two, three years away from now. I would say maybe less. Then you take your entire collection, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, and you put that on its own streaming service that you charge $5 a month for. 
You get everything Bachelor has ever done, and you get all the new seasons as they come out to binge as you see fit. This is the model for Bachelor in the future. Whether or not they will do it, I have no idea. Because you're now looking at uh, your audience right now is around 4 million people. If you're looking at $20 million a month, that is roughly commensurate to what you're making in ad rates for ABC. But now Warner Brothers gets to keep all that money. They're doing rev share with ABC right now on ads. So they're not making... I think they can make more money with a $5 a month streaming service with all the material on it than they currently make off that property. You don't think that that makes Bachelor even more niche? I don't think that matters, especially if you're just looking at money. Warner Brothers doesn't give a shit about its cultural impact. Money is different from numbers, right? Like you're talking about audience. You think audience... I I think that you're going to... I think people are exhausted with how how many services they have to pay for. Yeah, I would think you add it to a current one. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a, a free service where you can watch the current season for free. $5 a month gets you everything else. Maybe only Bachelor in Paradise is behind the paywall. There are a bunch of different ways that you could you could move this around, but I think that's what it has to be. They have a big enough catalog that just making a deal with a streaming service to be like, you're going to get the most recent seasons of Bachelor now is on this streaming service. I guess you can do it, but I don't know how how that generates money for Warner Brothers unless it, it's on, uh, what is it? Not HBO Max. It's Max now. It would be on Max. And um, I guess like, sure, fold it into that. But I don't like that makes it even cult- more culturally irrelevant, I feel like. Because now is anybody signing up for Max just for Bachelor? It's like it's on there. Yeah. And if you have it, you'll watch it. And if not, fuck it probably, you know. Mm. I I do wonder if you like siloed the show that way, though, if it would have the same. Yeah, I feel like the audience would just drop off, kind of like what we saw with Dancing with the Stars. Like they did it on streaming mm-hmm. and Disney, and now they're bringing it back to network because it clearly didn't work behind the yeah. scenes. I think that if you did that to The Bachelor, I, I don't know if it would. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know either. I don't know either because I don't know how many people are like. To me, it feels like it's more like WWE, where there's there's not really a casual fan of Bachelor. You know, there there are people who watch it casually, but even those people have strong personal relationships with whatever the show means to them. You know, and I, I think that is I think that works to to have its own streaming thing like WWE has now, and which is obviously massively successful. Yeah, I, I feel like I really don't know. I think it's a gamble. I'm not saying yeah. it's necess- it would necessarily be the wrong gamble. I also think like you do have a lot of older people who are still watching mm-hmm. The Bachelor. And I think that creating a new streaming service, you would see significant drop off in those people. Maybe they <laughs> don't care. Old people are like, fuck this. I'm not paying <laughs> for it. Yeah. I think people who are used to getting something in the way that they get it, when you disrupt that ease, you're just inevitably inevitably going to have drop off. Maybe that's worthwhile. I don't feel like I understand the landscape of streaming platforms enough to say, but it's yeah. interesting. I think I'm just more I'm more interested in like what risks are they taking narratively? Like that's what I'm always thinking about. Like where is the narrative going? What are they prioritizing? Who are they hiring? Who are they Mm -hmm. casting? And Mm -hmm. maybe there's an opportunity actually in like it being a little bit more diffuse and not being the number one place that any proto influencer wants to go. Like maybe it's, it would be good to have different people, contestants. Yeah. Different, it, like yeah, different imperatives to, yeah. to get on the show. And I think there's a great argument to be made as all of us have talked about that, like 
there should be a union and a compensation structure that feels fair. And like, then maybe that eliminates the need to go on reality TV only in order to boost your social media following. Yeah, that would mm-hmm. that would bring people yeah. in because they'll they'll have that support in all different kinds of mm-hmm. ways when they were just kind of leaning into the whole let me get followers, totally. let me get that revolve partnership. <laughs> let me, you know. Yeah, they have to they have to motivate it somehow. And also it is work. So. Right. Labor is labor. <laughs> labor them. should be compensated, period. <laughs> Point blank. Yeah. That's it. Um, Exactly. And hey, maybe if they make their own streaming service, then you get, you know, every iteration. You get Old Bachelor. You get Gay Bachelor. You get Mm -hmm. it all. I want to see. I really want to see Queer Bachelor. Me too. They did a show. uh, It was on Logo. It was. um, It's been time. I forget the name of it. I know, but that's. No, no, no. The Logo. That's. Yes, I I know. But like, no, Mm -hmm. we need The Bachelor to do it. I agree with you 100%. (laughs) Um. Speaking of, by the way, that union, I have one one last thing to discuss. What do you think is the likelihood that Bethany Frankel and her high-powered lawyers are going to get sagged to absorb reality performers into the Screen Actors God, group? I don't know. I feel like so torn about this because I think, I think Bethany is very good at identifying causes that are relevant mm-hmm. in the moment. I don't know that I trust her in the long run. Yeah. All of her methods are into, yeah, like I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, there doesn't have to be the perfect vessel to get something done. And if SAG was to absorb, then that would, if she could get any movement on this, I think that's amazing. I do think that, for example, bringing on Raquel Levis to be your like spokesperson for this was a terrible move. And that tells me like, you're not actually strategic. You don't actually understand what it is that Mm-hmm. needs addressing and so there yeah there are things like that that give me pause it's very complicated so you're saying you don't believe rachel i think that <laughs> someone should not be interviewing rachel who's never seen the show let's put it that way <laughs> yeah. yeah um no i i do think there is like a cultural moment happening and i'm hopeful and i think that it could affect all of these areas at once and hopefully it will I mean, all the the Marvel workers are just decided to unionize, right? All of the effects. Yeah, I think this is a great, a fucking great moment, honestly, for for labor movements. There is a hunger, and I think there is like a greater cultural understanding in this moment that we need the power of unions, and that there are things broken. That go uh, that cut across a lot of different industries, um, yeah. and I think yeah. what we're seeing with like, you know, every week I get the Writers Guild email of all the pickets, and like <laughs> that they are doing solidarity pickets with, you know, the airline workers, like flight attendants union, and mm-hmm. like they are making those connections overt, and I feel like. I, I just feel like we're in a really different moment for labor movements than we've I know. been in, mm-hmm. certainly in my lifetime. I can't wait to see what the Directors Guild does. Yeah, and it just seems like, just to me, kidding. it seems like striking is one of the only things you can do against billion-dollar corporations. Withholding your labor in mass, like literally what other recourse do mm-hmm. we have in this country? I agree. So, <laughs> um, Meanwhile, but, anyway, thanks yeah. for joining us. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have Heidi Montag. <laughs> 
And Spencer Pratt begging for a job. They're like, we will go on any reality TV show. Please hire yeah. us. Please. They're like, we will scab. If a reality union forms, yeah. we will go against it. We will work for anything. Not my spine. Oh, God. Yeah. No, but uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be able to talk at high levels about everything that's going on in the nation and beyond. Um, yeah. So, yeah, please come back anytime. Oh, my God. Same. We got to have you guys on. Love to see it soon. Yes, we can. Yeah, absolutely. We're down. Yeah. Okay. We'll set it up. Whenever you like. Thank you so much. I will always talk Bachelor, so. (laughs) And I'm I'm manifesting the positive trilogy for you to officially claim we're in a renaissance. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think we all deserve that. Let's uh, regroup uh, as Gary's season is rolling out. Yes. That will be cause for celebration. And where can everyone find all of your stuff? Oh, yes. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Claire and Emma Pod. And you can find Love to See It wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and you can find me on social media at Emma Lady Rose. And I'm at Lee BZ. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. And everybody go check out Love to See It. Thank you again very much to Emma and Lee for joining us from Love to See It. Go check out their podcast. They are always doing high-level work over their high-level mm-hmm. commentary. We didn't mention this. They were in the New York Times this week. Oh, very nice. I didn't even see that. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's the paper of note. So they say. Um, but that was our state of the game. Now it's time to move on to that portion of our program where we talk about the uh, movements in the ratings and in all those Instagram numbers of our favorite players. This is This Week in Games. All right. So as we know, the tell-alls usually do not chart very high. They are among among the worst episodes all season in terms of ratings. <laughs> This Mentel Law from last Monday did take a significant dip. It dipped from a 0.56 in the demo to a 0.41. That's about a 26% loss. Uh, and it held roughly in the raw viewers. It went from 2.9 million to 2.6, about an 11% dip. However, if we look back over the course of the season, the lowest rated episode was actually the second episode back on July 3rd. That had a 0.27 in the demo. So we have seen still massive increase up to Mentel All. The Mentel All rated higher than the second episode, the third, and the fourth episode. And even the first episode. It rated higher than night one. That is unbelievable. Let's go. Absolutely. That shows that she's, she's putting on audience. And this is generally very important because it means that The Bachelor is still capable of growing an audience. There's been a lot of talk. We even talked about it in in our state of the game Mm -hmm. that the audience has shrunk over time, which is true. But here we are seeing signs of life in a way we have not really seen in the past three or four years even. Uh, I think this is a massive um, thing for the franchise that we should all be looking at as a, a huge sign that this thing is on the upswing. I think it truly is. And if we're looking at uh, the comparative ratings of this past Monday night. I mean, for a mental all to beat the the opener is just that. I agree. It's insane. And that's Braden Bowers. I think all thanks to him, honestly. And the tease of the Golden Bachelor. I, I would say that. I think it's Charity Lawson yeah. and Braden Bowers. But yes. And then if we look at the, the comparative ratings here, we see The Bachelorette with its 0.4 and 2.59 million viewers tying 
a new episode of American Ninja Warrior on NBC for the top slot at 8 p.m. and crushing the neighborhood with a point three, crushing stars on Mars with a point two, poor stars on Mars, point two in the <laughs> demo and 840,000 viewers. I mean, this is uh, not good, obviously, and crushing son of a critch on the CW, a new episode getting a point zero with 360,000 followers or uh, viewers. Sorry. I just think that's got to be a disappointing show. You can't, you're setting up a premise that you can't possibly have. I'll watch the show when they're on Mars. This is Fox reality. They do not know how to make a reality show at Fox. Simply can't be done. No one is watching their shows, their reality shows, their reality slate. Same people that brought you the the failed reboot of Joe Millionaire, same people that brought you the failed Tyler Cameron dirty dancing guys. My favorite show, Uber of Love. Uh, all of it. At any rate, those are the ratings. That's where we stand. And some interesting numbers have also come out of the Fantasy Suite episode that give us a better picture of just how many people are actually watching the show outside the network rating system. After three days of viewing across both linear and streaming platforms, the Fantasy Suite episode managed 4.4 million viewers and a 1.23 rating among adults 18 to 49. This is the strongest multi-platform telecast for The Bachelor of the entire summer. That means that around a million additional viewers caught that episode on streaming and the viewership grew approximately 29% in the demo uh, compared to a 0.55 rating before the streaming numbers were integrated. So this is the the biggest week over week gain in that demo for the entire season was Fantasy Suites. Hmm. And it gives us, again, a little better picture of the overall audience size, which is somewhere around four and a half million viewers. Mm-hmm. Even with streaming included, this is with Hulu now included. That's good to know, you know, because then you can compare it to, you know, what people, it still makes sense that you do that over social media, but then, because no one has four and a half million followers. But now for the crown gains, Charity gained 6K this week for a total of 163K Instagram followers, 600 on TikTok for a total of 22.5K. Is Charity going to be able to quit her job? Is Charity going to be able to quit her job? Charity better be able to quit her fucking job. Charity better be able to quit her fucking job. I'm going to lose it, you guys. Everyone follow Charity. Do what we got to do. I'm going to buy some bots for her or something. I'm going to get her some fucking uh, a Russian bot farm to start following her. I might just start paying for followers for her. This is uh, obscene. She has to be able to quit her job, guys. Come on. I hate to see it. Me too. Let's move into the gains of our players now. Give her a $200,000 housing deposit. Yeah, please. Bachelor, come on. Do this. Give her a cash prize. Give her a money prize. Mm -hmm. And maybe give some of these guys money prizes too. Hey, I mean, she's producing one of the... She's she's producing one of the best seasons we've seen in fucking years. I know. I know. Pay her. She needs to be rewarded. Yeah. As... uh, John Malkovich said in Rounders. Pay that man his money. At any rate, <laughs> let's move on to the games of our, our favorite players. I love mothers. Yeah, it's close to that. All right, let's move on to these other players. Dotton uh, this week is in first place with gains, and the number is paltry. He gained 3.4K for a total now of 30.5K. That's the highest gain this week, 3.4 thousand followers. I'll just never forget typing plus 60k into the grid when Dale Moss was playing this game. I know. A one week gain. Um Braden Bowers is in second place with 3.4k total of 17.8k. 
I player Joey Grazia Day gained 3.3K for a total of 55.6. Tanner Cordod, the player who was barely in the main game but started mental and probably has a starring role in BIP, gained 2.9K for a total of 21.2K. And the once thought to be next Bachelor, but now no more, John Buresh gained 1.5K for a total of 17.5K. Now for the top five total Instagram chart, Joey Grazia Day takes the top spot with 55.6K. Doughton is staying firm in that second place spot with 30.5K. Tanner Cortad is in third with 21.5K. 21.2K. And Braden Bowers jumps to fourth with 17.8K. John B is in fifth with 17.5K. If you add all these up, do they even crack 100K with each other? They do, but barely. They do, but barely. I mean, just looking at the top five Instagram chart, it's not necessarily going to sway your decision for the next Bachelor, but Joey is pretty far in the lead. I'm very curious at at what that decision will be. Top five TikTok chart. (laughs) Jesus. Largely, uh, completely unchanged. Christopher Spell, the jumper in first with 173.8K. P-P, who we can now, I guess, call FP, was in second place still with 31.9K. Oh, Jesus, Clues. Thank you. Thank you very much. Not on this program. Third place, Caleb Balgard, 21.6K. And Khalid Hassan. <laughs> Night one guy, 6.6K is in fourth place still. Jesus Christ. I mean, all these are night one guys. The first three out of five of top five are night one guys. Is that the worst part? Or is it that the worst, that the fifth place person has 1.6K followers, Sean McLaughlin? I don't know. It's all bad. I just, these numbers hurt me. And I hope that Bachelor in Paradise corrects some of this. I hope that we see massive gains. I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I think what we were talking about in State of the Game is true. What Emma was saying is true that people are going to be tuning in for Golden Bachelor, and I think it's going to reinvigorate general. If you are a wine lover like myself, and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Creams and serums are made of 70% water. 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, 
leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Real interest in Bachelor products overall. Time will tell. Time will tell, but now we must move on to all those tids that are fit to print. This is... Bachelor Nation News. Up first in Bachelor Nation News, the upcoming... Golden Bachelor Gary Turner has revealed some details about the age range of his dating pool in his upcoming season. Turner, who is 71, told Variety, I think I said 60 to 70, but feel free to blur the lines. Other than this, other than this general age range and loose preference for players, I tried to slip into an accent there. It didn't work. Uh, other than this general <laughs> age range and loose preference for players who shared his enthusiasm for golf and pickleball, Turner admitted not wanting to be too involved in the casting process because, as he put it here, now I'm going to go into my impersonation of him, I've dated about four four years, and I wasn't very good at casting for myself, so I'm happy that I don't have that job. I think the process <laughs> that they've used in the past and they're, they're refining will bring some really fantastic candidates. 
As of now, sound like goofy. Gold- he does kind of sound like Goofy. As of now, Golden Bachelor is set to air in late September at 10 p.m. on Mondays. We'll have to wait and see if that schedule and time slot changes as it did with Charity Lawson's current season. Mm-hmm. The numbers aren't written in stone, just like <laughs> Gary's age range. Nice. Speaking of the Golden Bachelor, newly single Nashville Slider All-Star Caitlin Bristow was spotted filming for the Golden Bachelor along with some of the players. Zachary Reality posted a video on TikTok of the players arriving on a party bus at the Canyon Club in Los Angeles for what is presumably a group date to be co-hosted by Bristow. Only the ladies' feet were visible as they exited the bus, but from the comments posted, Pink Boots Lady already seems to be a fan favorite. Can't wait to see what Bristow does in season and what the Pink Boots player does as well. Canyon Club... This is a famous venue. Mm -hmm. Do you know why? Uh, Do I know why? Tell me, please. It's a a recent Vanderpump storyline. Oh, okay. I got it. One of the people supposedly got kicked out of there. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's a famous place in LA for sure. That's what I thought you were getting. Mm. Now it is. Um, Up next in Bachelor Nation News, the villain renaissance continues with a brand new show called House of Villains set to air on E! that will feature none other other than Bachelor Season 21 LA icon superstar, Corinne Olympios. House of Villains will pit some of the biggest villains of reality TV against one another in a competition for the title of America's Ultimate Supervillain, as well as a coveted $200,000 check, the same cash prize awarded to Season 18 Bachelorette Michelle Young and her ring winner, Charminance Master Nate Olakoya. Joel McHale <laughs> will serve as the Dark Lord of the series as he guides the players through a battle royale challenge each week designed to test physical strength, emotional fortitude, and mental toughness. The challenge winner will gain immunity similar to a survivor game structure that also sees one villain being eliminated each week. Olympios will be competing against... Uh, I may mess up some of these names here. Anfisa Arkapachenko from 90 Day Fiance. Bobby Lights from Love and Hip Hop Miami, Jax Taylor, Vanderpump Rules, Johnny Bananas from The Challenge, Johnny Fairplay from Survivor, Omarosa from The Apprentice. I love that she is still doing this. Good for her. It's unreal. She's one of the greatest villains of all reality television of all time. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they got her in this first season. I watched her on Big Brother. She's been in a bunch of different shows and shit. I almost feel like she's, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it, above this show. So the fact that they got her on this show, I think is like a coup, honestly. Interesting. We also got Shake Chatterjee from Love is Blind, Tanisha Thomas from Bad Girls Club, Tiffany New York Pollard from fucking Flavor of Love and I Love New York. Now that is reaching back into the past. Damn. Love that shit. Uh, House of Villains premieres on October 12th at 10 p.m. on E! I'm very curious to see how this shit is going to shake out. My guess is a generational divide. I do think Jax Taylor is one of the best TV villains of all time. But also, where's Courtney? Courtney Robertson should be on here. Season two. Finally, in Bachelor Nation news, Caitlin Bristow has shed some light about the reason she and Jason Tardick called off their engagement. On Off the Vine, Bristow said, I've never respected someone more through a breakup than I do with Jason. I think people assume if people break up, something bad happened. And I think that's the hardest part of this whole breakup. Nothing bad happened. It's just been over time. We have not made each other a priority. And this is what happens. Bristow further revealed that Tardik has moved into a house down the street from her in Nashville, which will make it easier to share custody of their canine companions, 
Creature of the Week superstars, Pino and Ramen. Good luck to Pino and Ramen. Good luck to Caitlin Bristow. Good luck to Jason Tardick. This, of course, was a, a split that rocked the nation, and we're getting more news about it with each passing day mm-hmm. of each of them appearing on podcasts, doing their own podcast. But it seems like they're moving forward and uh, doing it the best they can. Good luck to them. Now for the portion of our program in which we go into all of the strongest parasocial plays on our small screens, cell phones, our social media, etc. This is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Xavier Bonner, the Error of the Week recipient, finally posted his swan song on Instagram late last week. The caption includes, I never would have guessed that one DM asking me if I was ready to find love would take me on such an intense journey of self-discovery, dot, 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 to charity. Thank you for always creating space for me to open up and step outside my comfort zone as well as being willing to have tough, raw conversations that push me to think more deeply. You deserve everything and more. I wish you the best in finding your forever person. It's never easy to share the worst parts of your past with someone you love, let alone the world, but honesty and accountability are necessary for growth. This journey was all about vulnerability. And although I may not have always been as clear or eloquent in expressing myself as I would have liked to be, I'm forever grateful for this experience, dot, dot, dot. This was the ultimate experience in love for me. While all experiments leave me with unforgettable lessons, this one in particular has also prepared me to move through life with more self-awareness. I know there's lots more learning, more healing, more to work to do. I'm looking forward to becoming the best version of myself. Rose emoji. I like his shout out to all experiments, leaving him with unforgettable lessons. What other experiments is he running? What's going on here? (laughs) The science theme really stood out to me in this, which is like part of why I included it. I was like, interesting. So he's like, oh yeah, remember me? I'm, I'm known for being a scientist. He's by the books. I have my data from this experience. Thank you. Moving on, All Eggs player Dylan Barber proposed to app founder Hannah Godwin again, four years after Bachelor in Paradise proposal. The caption reads, although our first engagement was and still is so special to us, over the past four years, we've talked about having a special little moment just for us in the real world. And at Dylan Barber surprised me and made it happen last week. Now off to our wedding location today to tie the knot. Plain emoji, heart emoji. The post has 410K likes and 778 comments, including one from unofficial Dark Lord adjacent coach and BIP's bartender, Wells Adams, which reads, <coughs> You've come a long way from the stressed out kid at my bar, Dylan Barber. Happy for you both. I didn't see that coming until the throat clear and then my body <laughs> seized up in preparation. Wells Adams is calling the Paradise Bar his bar as though he owns it. I just, this caption made my mouth go full aperture. <laughs> you've come a long way from the stressed out. You've, you've come a long way from the stressed out kid at my bar. I didn't, Barbara. Happy for you both. Uh, when they came in, I told them, you're going to have to propose or. You're gonna, we're gonna have, we'll drag out a suitcase full of dildos and say it's hers if you don't propose to her because you can't be boring. (laughs) Don't be fucking boring at my bar. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot do some eagle. (laughs) Damn it. Jesus Christ. Resurrection player Aaron B took to TikTok to reveal what he would have done if he were at the Mentel All, which is he would have recorded a video of bodiless hands playing what goes around, comes around, comes around on piano. 
The caption mm. reads, I'd be in the corner like Rose Emoji. Vibrator prop player, former crown of future F-Boy Island crown. Took to Instagram to catch fans up on F-Boy Island before her new season premieres on October 12th via Instagram reel. In it, we're talking about Katie Thurston, of course. In it, she explains uh, the premise of the show and highlights some distinctions between that game format and other game formats, as well as to dispel some assumptions made about the show via a conversation with herself in pajamas. It's a very effective way to get out a lot of information, clearly. This reel has 10.2K likes and 409K views. 409K views, I think that would already, that would be more than the CW's views. That's all. All she's got to do. I was so excited to see this play. I cannot wait for that season. And Katie, I think, is one of the strongest parasocial players ever. So I can't I wait agree. to see yeah. what other content we get to promo it. She's approaching stars on Mars level here. Mm. <laughs> Tear icon and creamy Caesar fan Ashley Iaconetti made a hilarious reel this week. And it, she cries about being single, that she's going to, quote, fucking die alone in August 2017. She then transitions to a shot of her marrying Jared Iaconetti in 2019. Caption reads, this is your sign you're not going to die alone, but your mom reminding you of your biological clock will always be the worst. Mm. The reel is 29.3K likes, 705K views. All of these were strong plays, of course, but there can be only one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to former crown Deanna Pappas. After her stunning appearance on the Mentel All, she posted an Instagram carousel post about her time on the Mentel and making golden Gary Turner laugh, which reinforced her play during the Mentel in which she puts her hat in the ring to be the first golden bachelorette uh, to get two different seasons. The caption reads... Quote, got to meet at Golden Gary Turner heart emoji. He thought I was funny when I asked if I could be on his season. Swipe to see uh, crying laughing emoji. At Trista Sutter is here for it. Dot, dot, dot. Always love to be included in my hashtag the bachelorette family with my girls at Trista Sutter at Desiree Siegfried and was honored, all caps, to cheer at Charity Lawson with all her beauty, grace, and strength for the evening. Felt good to get dressed up again, too. Divorce does funny things to oneself. I'm thankful to be coming out on the other side and a stronger me, heart emoji. Who knows? Maybe they're looking for a 40-ish bachelorette to make a comeback. Laughing, crying emoji times two at Bachelorette ABC. Hashtag ABC. Hashtag the Bachelorette. Oh, geez. I was like, what the hell is that? The Bachelorette Yogs? <laughs> the Bachelorette OGs. <laughs> Hashtag resilient. Hashtag watch me thrive. And that's Hashtag the end. Hashtag watch me thrive. Uh, while the metrics are turned off on this powerful play, huge nation players showed up in the comments to send love and encouragement to this former crown, including ring winner and gore girl Courtney Robertson and former crowns uh, Lawson, Siegfried, Dorfman, and Thurston. What a powerful play. We love seeing her be included in this. Again, as I said in the recap, mm -hmm. I think including Deanna Pappas as one of those three crowns. Highlight of the night. The choice was just very well done. They could have easily gone in a different direction, picked somebody who was like more married, more with kids, but they didn't. <laughs> yes. They said, this is a crown too. Yes. Still part of this fucking family. As important as the other two. Maybe not as important as Trista, let's be real. Almost no one is, but... Uh, She's in that tier. You know what I mean? Yes. And they're joining a line of queens. And I just love this so much. I love her putting the idea out there that she could still be in contention. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen a divorce bachelorette yet. And 
divorce is such a common thing for people to experience that I think it would be, you know, a wonderful way to, you know, include a story we haven't seen before. Yeah. Loved this. And we can't forget about our creatures. We had some good parasocial creature play this week. Kendall Long was running on the beach with her pup, Pistachio. We saw John B. serenading his pup, Kaiba. But Caitlin Miller-Keys takes the award this week for a rescue puppy party she had during her bachelorette weekend with puppies from the pit. And we're going to hear a little bit more about that in Screams from the Pit. This incredibly cute, multi-slide main grid puppy bonanza post also serves to give some visibility to a pet adoption organization, which Miller Keys identified in her caption, which read, this was the hardest secret to keep. I surprised everyone with a puppy party this weekend. All the dogs are rescues from the animal pad and all available for adoption. It was so fun getting to know each dog and their sweet personalities. The animal pad is doing such amazing work. Dean and I love rescues and I wanted to find a way to incorporate these sweet pups into the weekend. I also loved tea parties as a kid and this was an absolute dream come true. I just wanted to dress up with my friends, sip tea or champagne, spin around in dresses and play with the sweetest rescue dogs. I'm still on a high after this perfect day. All photos credited to at Sarah Norian. This post raked in 121K likes, 44 comments, and is well worth a look if you haven't seen it already. Go to Kaylin Miller Key's main grid. Love this. Love this play. Huge creature play. So cute. Such a nice aesthetic. So cute. And I'm sure all these dogs are adopted by now. You probably have, by the time you're listening to this, they've probably been found their forever homes. Um, But that wraps up all those parasocial plays. It's time now for Pace Case and I to descend deep into that part of the pit where we issue forth our screams about how this game (laughs) has become a lifestyle for us. This is... Screams from the Pit! I love that summary of how The Bachelor has become our lifestyle because that leads perfectly into my scream. Oh. I am in Minnesota for the summer. As I have discussed, I am at Gore Heartland right now. And I am trying to do something that is... A little challenging at 34, which is make friends in a new city. And one way I have done this is <laughs> walking Luca Tony, my pup. So he, you know, makes friends very easily because he tries to hump literally every one sure. animal Makes or sense. person. Good sense. And through him, I met another dog owner and Somehow we were talking about what she did, that she had just come off of some job, and she asked me what I did, and I was just like, this moment, <laughs> like when someone asks you what you do, it's like, it's never an easy moment, No, because you have to make a choice. Yes. You're like, what type of answer am I going to give? Am I going to be like, have you ever watched The Bachelor? I'm also like, not in a a city where... You know, it's not like L.A. where everyone's mm. job sounds like fake. I definitely was like, um, <laughs> yeah, a pod podcast. And then pe- when you say podcast, people are like, what, <laughs> what yeah. do you mean? But how do you make money? <laughs> exactly. And uh, then it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, what's your podcast about? And all the other questions that follow. I sometimes will just be like, I'm in construction. Nobody ever asks a question after that. Yeah. 
If you if you Are never want to have to, no, I'm 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 kidding, but uh, it's something you could do. I feel like there's would be an immediate follow up question. What kind of construction? And then I'd be like, oh, there's different types. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're like, you know Shoot. what? I just I just lied to you because I didn't want to have to go down this hole. But now we got to go there. I actually do a podcast, and it's actually about The Bachelor. Do you watch it? Okay, what season? If you haven't watched it, blah blah blah. It's also like weird because. Like for years when people would ask, I wouldn't want to talk about my job because I didn't really like yeah. it. And now I really like it. And now I feel like when I talk about my job, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. It's a hard job to explain. I agree. If you don't know what The Bachelor is, especially if you don't watch reality TV, this is virtually an impossible job to explain to someone. <laughs> and anyway, that's why it's my lifestyle. It's in, you know, the top couple answers you meet, you talk to when you meet a new friend yeah <laughs> what do you do for a living i podcast i am the bachelor <laughs> that's basically what you gotta start saying well we track the uh what do i do for a living oh i track social media um gains and losses for dark lords of various reality television nations huh what's a dark lord well did you watch the men tell all um all right i <laughs> i just pick up luca tony and i go yeah thank you for your time <laughs> Yeah, run away. You're just like, listen, <laughs> you can ask me anything, but not that. That's the one thing that's off limits. I'm not telling you what I do yeah. for a living. <laughs> that's the thing about my job. It's kind of like the FBI. I work for the CIA is an easier answer. I completely understand uh, the scream. My scream this week has something to do with how I was affected by the mental law. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> oh, Jesus. As you know, if you listen to our recap, my favorite part my favorite part of the uh, tell-all was when they brought out the Council of Crowns. I just thought it was such a, a beautiful mm -hmm. thing to see this legacy, to see the reverence that I believe all crowns yes. deserve actually being given to them on that stage, to see Deanna Pappas being given the same weight as Trista and Desiree, who both are, mm -hmm. are more visible examples of the process working than Deanna is. All of it was just, it was outstanding to me. And, you know, one of my favorite moments was when Charity tells Trista, like, you kind of started this all. There, there was just this moment of, mm -hmm. uh, like I said, like legacy. You you got the feeling like, it felt very much to me like when you see um, pro baseball players. Legacy, sisterhood. Yes, all of that for sure. But specifically to me, it, it reminds me of when you see in like pro sports, the guys doing an interview and they're talking about like, well, when I was a kid, I got to meet this player when I went to a game mm. and it changed my life forever, that type of thing. And it just really got me thinking about how important Trista Sutter, Trista Rain is to this entire thing. I mm -hmm. think, you know, Alex Michelle laid the foundation in season one of The Bachelor. And certainly if that season doesn't blow up like it did, we don't have what we have now. We don't have yeah. 20 years of legacy, all this stuff. But I think it was really actually Trista who who kind of like crystallized it. Cemented it. Yes. As a viable way to find your partner. Yes. They needed it. And I immediately was like, I need to watch her season again. Um, Cause I need to see what was in there. <laughs> I know what was in it, but I uh -huh. need to see it again. And uh -oh. <laughs> I thought to myself, I might as well do it as a clues corner. So I'm going to do that. Bachelorette season one clues corner. It's happening. I love this announcement in the scream. <laughs> Look, I just was thinking about it for like, you know, I mean, this happened on, on Monday night. We're recording this on Thursday. 
I've been thinking about it since then. Like that bringing her yeah. back. I mean, this isn't just like all of the bachelorettes are important. All the bachelors are important. They each have, have contributed things to the history of the game and the movement of the structure of the game and all of it. But Trista is like, I, I really do think she's maybe the most important crown of, yeah. of anyone because she... We discussed her in like a really long time ago. We did an All-Stars episode. I think you had Trista and we were we were trying to pick like the top whoever, but... I feel like even more than when we did that episode, I feel like, oh, Trista's given so much to the legacy, like yeah. filming the wedding, continuing to like come back for stuff, having the kids, like even doing OG season one of Bachelorette. Sean Lowe was season 17 of Bachelor. And I think even her doing her podcast with uh, Gingin. It's like pitching a perfect game. Almost famous OG. She continues to give to the legacy. She continues to explore it. And that. She's kind of ever present as this, as she herself said, like matriarchal figure of the whole thing. And um, I just wanted to watch her season again to relive it, to enjoy it, to go back in history and see what the show even fucking looked like then, to see that four by three aspect ratio that no television show is shot at anymore. Like all of that, you okay, know. Okay, that part I'm not looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm going to do it. It's going to be in Clues Corner. It's going to be coming soon, I believe, probably the first Monday after charity season ends so that we will still have something to watch. A new season of Bachelorette, or an old season of Bachelorette, as you see fit. But that is my scream. A new legacy for me. Indeed. Now, we are going to play you another scream. Every week, we play a scream from our Discord. If you would like to submit your own scream to the show, we'll play it right here. You just go to patreon.com slash gameofroses. You get access to the Discord in the pit. And then in that Discord is a channel, Screams from the Pit. You can submit yours there. It has to be a one-minute or shorter audio clip. And this one comes with a little addition. There is a post uh, that we we gave the Parasocial <laughs> Creature of the Week to, the Kaylin Miller Keys Puppy Party Adoption Post. Uh, puppy part. It's actually mm-hmm. a Puppy Party Adoption Bachelor at Party Tea Party Post. Tea. There's a lot going on in it. Selkie dress. Yes. But this uh, post comes, or this scream story comes to us from Steph. We're going to play it for you now. And again, this references that Kaylin Miller Keys Parasocial Creature of the Week play. Here we go. Hello, fellow pit dwellers. My name is Steph. I'm hailing from San Diego, part of the San Diego crew. Um, And this is my first scream from the pit, and it is a doozy, if you ask me. Um, So I rescued down here in San Diego with the animal pad. Uh, They're pretty... Big dog rescue that mostly focuses on saving dogs from Mexico, um, but also local shelters as well. Um, And I mainly foster puppies and seniors and medical cases and all that stuff. Um, So I get a call from the rescue last week asking if my puppies can be part of a special event, uh, a bachelorette party. They said it was going to be Bridgerton themed, um, which I thought was weird, but also awesome. Um, They asked me to measure the puppies' necks for pearl necklaces. (laughs) Um, So I was like, all right, cool. My puppies are going to the bachelorette party. That's dope. Uh, So a volunteer comes, picks them up, takes them to the event, brings them back, says it was adorable. We'll send pictures later. Well, the next day I find out that my puppies were the puppies at Kaylin Miller motherfucking Keys bachelorette party. 
Um, what? I have been a longtime listener of the podcast and of The Bachelor, and no one from the rescue bothered to tell me whose event it was, or else I could have freaking went there with my puppies. Um, also, old man Geppetto, one of the puppies that Kaylin called out on her Instagram, um, is my foster as well, and he's kind of become a grandpa of sorts to my current litter of puppies. He's the sweetest old man. Um, so, hey, Kaylin, if you're listening, just, like, tag me. Let's save all the dogs. Thank you. I think I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> this is fucking insane. <laughs> Steph, first of all, congratulations for almost getting to go to the puppy party. I can't believe it. You were that close. That's the true no, scream. Here's the thing. Oh, no, my God. I, I think she's still close. I think yep. this scream, we we get it out there. We we mm. do a new an, a series of puppy parties to get all of the puppies adopted. That is, I mean, this is one of the cutest, sweetest screams ever. I love it. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely love it. And Steph, just FYI. If that happened to me, I would I would shit my pants. Within the next three to five years, technology is going to exist that will allow you to oh, psychically God. communicate with your dogs. And so you can have full-on conversations with with all of these dogs about what that experience was like. Don't say that, Clues. Can't wait. Can't wait for that social media. Do you really think that the dogs are going to like start talking to us? 100%. 100%. This fucking tech, they did tech, uh, what was this, two weeks ago the story came out? They were able to take brain waves from a person who was listening to a Pink Floyd song and then make that song on a separate computer. Like recreate the sound. Yes. And they can do it with images as well. They've done it where they showed a picture, a guy, a picture of a giraffe with this brainwave thing, and it makes the picture. So you could theoretically hear... Yes. The dog's thoughts. And this will also give rise to a new form of social media, I believe, called dream streaming, where people will live stream whatever's in their heads as they dream. But it won't make them English, right? Uh, that I think they'll figure that out. Won't the dog's thoughts just sound like barking? I don't know. I mean, they'll have to figure that out, I guess. But I think this technology will exist. At any rate, thank you so much, Steph, <laughs> for the scream from the pit. Absolutely beautiful yes. scream. And taking care of all of those dogs that have... All of those issues yeah. and stuff. Oh my gosh. So nice. And so if anybody's in the San Diego area, also check out Kaylin Miller Key's post. Get all these dogs adopted. Yes. Let's get them into houses. Let's do it. And also it solved a mystery for me. The theme was Bridgerton of that bachelor ah. party. I did not understand, but. I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't understand that either, but that is uh, a little bit of a solve of a, a mystery here for us. So thank mm -hmm. you again, Steph. And again, to anybody else who wants to submit their scream, Go to patreon.com slash game roses. Get in that discord. Fire off that one minute or under audio clip. We will play them here. But thank you everyone for joining us. We hope you have a great weekend. We will be back on Monday with a digging deeper. That's going to be a certified juicer as they almost always are now because so much yeah. crazy shit is happening in the nation at all times. So we hope you'll join us for that. And then of course, Tuesday, we're going to have a recap of the finale of Charity Lawson's Bachelorette season 20, historic in many ways. We hope you will continue to join us for that. And uh, before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It's been 7,816 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. 
Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 